What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Medalkov! Hey, behave! Uh, the Thanksgiving Cowboy game, John, did how, how many viewers? How good was that TV? Uh, 30, mil- 30 million, guy. A- average 30 million viewers Thanksgiving. Uh, Cowboys, Redskins, so, well, Washington football team. 30 so, million. So my question is, uh, if that's 30 million, how many viewers does the Christmas tree lighting get that they schedule the football game early afternoon Wednesday for the Christmas tree lighting? When I saw like Peter Schrager or someone, might have been Schefter, was like, you know, they got to build it around the Christmas tree lighting. Last year it did 6 million views. I'm like, guys, this is Raven Steelers. I promise you if you put it on prime time on Wednesday night, those people that consume all that football on Wednesday, or I mean on Sundays and Monday nights and Thursday nights, they will watch that game on Wednesday over the Christmas tree lighting. I, I like a good Christmas tree lighting as much as the next guy, but if you're if you're 6 million views against something that... I'd be pretty confident Raven Steelers Wednesday night if they did that East Coast 8 o'clock kickoff, right, 5 o'clock for us, does a cool 12 to 15. Uh, they didn't <laughs> want to make the Christmas tree lighting like the pregame show or the, the halftime show, like that big halftime show they had for the Cowboy game with what's-his-name? I, I love, I tweeted, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, it's just, I, I don't understand. It doesn't, it baffles my mind, that decision to go way earlier. Uh, but I tweeted like, you know, the NFL, say what you, like, it's just, it's so much more popular than any other sport. It's just kind of stupid. And all my responses are like, middle cuff, soccer, soccer. Yeah, I, I'm talking domestically. I, I'm talking America. I, I'm not like a global brand here. I'm just, I, I'm living in the, in our 50 states. Yeah, I understand the EPL. Right. I get it. Did you see what not, Tottenham did my, last night? They did a 12. Yes, I understand. I'm just, I'm just, I'm keeping it local here. And when I say local, the country. Yeah, America. It's more more of a shot at basketball and baseball. Like yes. it, it really is kind of crazy. I, I think take a step back and not be facetious or funny about this. Did a game with two terrible teams. If you would have put an NBA game, which we do on Christmas, like they sometimes struggle to get like three million views, and they yeah, don't put it's, terrible. It's just teams. pretty wild that an no, they put the best teams that the NFL can do that. 
right? And Thanksgiving, it's not like, well, it's a pandemic, everyone's home. No, it's Thanksgiving. Everyone's always home for Thanksgiving. Like, it's a national holiday where everyone sits at home and eats. Uh, it just shows you, I I do think gambling and fantasy have played a huge role in just a, even a, another boost of people that, yeah. that haven't been into it. 100%. Because I've known, I mean, I know both of us who never played fantasy our whole life have gotten into DraftKings, and if you're in the mix, it's fun as shit. Well, it happened to us on Thursday. We were in the mix yeah, on Thursday, two terrible games. And we were texting back and forth about well, some, like, I need some random who was on my team. Well, I played you golf in the morning, random. so I didn't watch the Texan game. And I, I most of my players were in the Redskin game and the Cowboy game. And then the moment I saw that I was in the mix, I started watching that game pretty closely in the second half. Because yep. I needed the running back. You needed for Zeke the, to get benched. Washington. I need Zeke to get benched and Washington's running back to not play well. And then I read Albert Brewer's Monday morning quarterback. Ron Rivera was talking about that guy. He's like, listen, I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but when we evaluated on him on film, I saw a lot of the same characteristics that Christian had when we drafted him in Carolina. I was like, Jesus, I'm going to start drafting that guy for my team. I mean, did you know you had him on your team? How'd you even know about him? I guess it was a limited amount. There were two teams. There were four plus four teams. I don't know. I was just clicking names. I was just trying to fill out a. It was like it was truly like. Did you know to, who that guy was? I think Gibson. I mean, I've heard the name. I didn't realize he was like Christian McCaffrey light. Yeah, he's good. I actually needed Zeke to step it up for me that day, but yeah. we do have a DraftKings game. Try and catch it. There's as of this recording, there's like 28 spots left. Um, Ten bucks, hundred people. Win a bunch of money, so go get in that. Um, actually, the response from the podcast today, so I don't have to give them the light one. DraftKings no. promo code Ham. Yeah. Sign up with promo code Ham promo on DraftKings. Get in our game. Get the app. You can do the dot com. I like the desktop. I feel like a Wall Street trader putting my lineup together. Um, but either way, have some fun with fun with us. At uh, this should be a big DraftKings week because the games are bad, 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 bad. Yeah, they're really, really bad. Download the DraftKings app. I also, you know, because I had some extra winnings in there. Mayakoba, there's a golf tournament. Justin Thomas's Kepka. Mm. I, I got, I got a little, I got a couple teams going. There's a lot of randoms in the tournament as well. But a uh, little Mayakoba, so you can play obviously NFL with uh, getting our game and getting our league and just download the app, play it. Just you're crazy if you don't have the app on your phone. Good call. You do want to be in the Haberman Middlecoff DraftKings League as well. Podcast brought to you by Ease.com promo code Ham. 20 bucks off your first delivery of over $50 or more, or ham 10 for returning users 10%. EAZE.com, promo code ham. First time users, edibles, topicals, pre rolls, vapes, flowers, you name it, they got it. EAZE.com, go check it out. First time users, ham. If you're not a first time user, use ham 10, get you a little 10% haircut. Can't recommend it enough. Go do it now. Ease.com, promo code ham and promo code ham 10. Come on, people. You got to be 21 or over. Number one cannabis delivery. The Uber eats the weed. The Uber eats the weed. Uh, it, like John said, 21 or over, verified online in minutes. You just start uh, bouncing through vanilla frosting eclipse, uh, banana kush sauce, uh, forbidden fruit sauce, Hawaiian cookie sauce. Uh, maybe you want um, the sour pineapple base camp, bulk flour, seven grams and up. What, whatever whatever you're looking for, the vape cartridges, uh, the hangover free holiday buzz. The micro-dosed beverages. Just hearing you. Have you looked at the micro-dosed oh. uh, beverages? No, but I want a piece of that right now. The Blood Orange Cardamom six-pack. I mean, whatever. Grapefruit Rosemary six-pack. It's all there. Appreciate the support. Do it. Do it. And do it now. So we tried to guess the other day what the Niners-Bills line would open at. Now that the Niners, with a win over the Rams, have turned this into a pretty 
big game on Monday Night Football. It opened at two and a half. I I I said like I thought it was gonna be six and a half. You said like three and a half, four, two and a half. Ayuk back. Niners get to the the Niners and the Bills have played as many games in the stadium where they're playing this game this year, right? They've both played a game there. Oh no, the Niners game was no, at home. The, so yeah, the Bills have played won. more games here. This year. Neutral site. Neutral site. Neutral site. Hopefully the Niners get maybe it's a resort in Arizona. We, play some golf. Could we call it Fiesta Bowl? Is in that like where it. they play Fiesta Bowl? Uh, do they? Yeah, they play Fiesta Bowl here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's where else would they play in in Phoenix? This is also where Kyler Murray threw the walk off touchdown. That's right? what I mean. Bad memory. Bad ghosts here <laughs> for the Bills. Yeah. Is it? Is this like we're going back in to the haunted place where Hopkins killed us? He's not on the team, but. Be ready. <laughs> I don't think uh, Nick Mullins can make the play that uh, Kyler Murray made in that game. Uh, no, I got news for you. He can't. But this game, like, we kind of wrote the wrote, – not wrote the playoffs off, but just laid out the math was not even worth – it was so against them going out of the bye. But the Cardinals have now lost. The Rams, when you play them, don't look great. The Vikings, the Bears certainly look worse. Um, win this game and we can start having a serious conversation because you'll be a 500 team. Yeah, I mean, I, I also think, Guy, the one thing we've talked a lot about is the Niners match up well against quarterbacks that can't move. And this guy is kind of the modern day, he's like Cam meets Roethlisberger. I mean, he's a very, very talented player. He was one of the most polarizing players coming out in recent memory in the draft because his stats did not equal getting drafted really high. And Chris Mortensen tweeted after the draft the year before. Schefter. It was like, get ready, Je Schefter. I thought it was more. Oh, maybe more. Maybe it was. Maybe Schefter. it was both of them. And this guy's going to go number one overall, and people are like, "What?" So then everyone watched him, and then he was terrible. He still went seventh. And I got news for everybody: they don't regret that fucking pick at all. If you could redo the draft, like the conversation at number one is between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, and the more Lamar kind of falls apart. Like Josh Allen in a cold environment, I'm watching the Browns play in these freezing cold games. I'd want Josh yeah. Allen, you know? And, guy, they are 8-3. and three. You'd think they would be cruising their division, but the, the Dolphins are kind of on their heels. Like, they they don't have this division just set in stone. Like, this is a, bit, this is a huge game for the Niners because it keeps them alive, but this is a big game for the Bills. It's not like they're 10-2. and two. Right, and just cruising the division. Like every game kind of matters for them. And they still they, and the they one play thing, Pittsburgh coming up. They do play Denver, but then they play the Patriots and the Dolphins. So they they look at these games like they need them. That week 17 game, yeah. they don't want it to matter against Miami. I, I just you know, his stats, I, I haven't watched the game. They uh who they just they oh they played the Chargers. I mean, I saw highlights during red zone, but he he threw for like 160 yards. Like he did not have a good box score game. Against the Chargers, yeah. which and we've seen him have. Remember, he played the Chiefs on that Monday night game. They got pushed back. He was terrible in that game. When defenses have played well, and Bosa just went nuts. If you can get pressure on them, like you can throw them off. They don't have. It's weird. I think they're going to end up winning eleven or twelve games, but I don't think we're going to view them as like a Steelers or Chiefs with twelve wins, right? No. We're going to view them as you know a team that might be able to win a playoff game, but could easily be one and done. But wouldn't you say like they're better than the Browns? They're clearly better than the Raiders. They're better than the Dolphins. Like they are probably clearly the fourth best team in the AFC if it's Chiefs, Steelers, and whatever order, Titans, then them. And I guess Indy, maybe too. Somebody on might what argue game Cleveland, um, right? I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I either, would but they, I'm just, they're eight and three. Like I, at some point, we got to go, 
I don't think their ceiling's as high as Indy's, right? But yeah. Um, Who's a better team, the Rams or the Bills? The Bills. I agree. I think their ceiling's higher. I, mean, and I think Josh Allen's the reason. Beat the shit out of him in that game. Remember, the Rams came back and they got the bad call at the end of the game. They could have easily, that PI call that kept the Josh Allen alive. I just think Josh Allen's but, better. They were up 28 3. So their game. ceiling is higher. Yeah, they were kicking their butt. Yeah. But again, part of the reason the Chargers were able to defend him is because they have a Bosa. The Niners don't have a Bosa. Now, they do have Khalil Hyder Jr., as you call him. <laughs> Great nickname. Uh, full credit. You texted me that the other game. I was like, God, making more plays than Khalil made on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. I think Khalil was kind of checked out. <laughs> it's just a shame. But uh, they are part of this because you were telling me right like there are some people you look at it you go well if you lose you're five and seven but then you just got to win out if you're the Niners and it all comes together for you and it's like yeah but this is playoff teams this is must win playoff games you got to win this type of game now the Bills are thinking the same thing like if we're a playoff team we got to win this game to your point so but at five and seven I know the NFC the bottom really it's just the the last NFC playoff spot doesn't feel like it's a battle between elite, elite teams, but it's you're not going to get to back into it. Like you are going to have to earn it, right? Arizona six and five. Yeah, they could finish. I guess Arizona could kind of stumble around and they could lose to the Rams twice and you beat them, right? And they're eight and eight. But I don't think that's how Arizona's going to look. I don't think they're going to lose to the Rams twice. So I, you're going to have to win these games. At some point, you just. At some point, you have to win games if we're going to talk about. I will. I, I will not talk about the Niners like a playoff team. If they win this game, then I will have that conversation. Right now, I still don't view them as a playoff team because I still think they probably lose this week. Uh, they just have too much going against them. Their margin for error, as we saw last week, they beat like they took it to the Rams and they won with a walk-on field goal. Right. That's and part of it is Jared Goff was god awful. Like their margin for error is just so slim when their quarterback is their yeah. quarterback. Because I'm with you. I'm texting with different people like, oh, they can do this, they can do that. It's like, no. They, they, they're they going to do it part of the, the the strategy. You win this game. And then I go, you could probably beat Washington and Dallas. But that's still hard. Like, I, I still think Washington or Dallas could beat the Niners when Nick Mullins is your quarterback. <laughs> like, the one thing we saw that universally agreed, beside my guy David Lombardi, like, I'm sorry, that is not a Jimmy Garoppolo game. Like, Nick Mullins is dramatically worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that is not the type of game Jimmy Jimmy looks better when You're he saying people were saying yards. that Nick Mullins threw screen passes and that's all Jimmy does? Yeah, and Greg Cohn's saying that too. It's just a fucking roll. No. Well, he's like, just not guys, as good. Are you watching he's not as good. He's not even close not to as good. good. He looks fucking you see that look on his eyes. He looks ter- terrified. But I don't even think he's ter- he, I just think he's not as good. It, and when I say terrified, I don't mean like he's scared to get hurt. I mean he's terrified that he's not going to be able to do these plays. He's really nervous in his head like I don't think I can do this. And there are just basic plays he doesn't even come close to making. That I, it's why I just, it's hard for me to pick them against the Bills because of Nick Mullins. It's like I believe in Kyle, I believe in Robert Sala. The defense plays their ass off. Debo plays his ass off. Ayuk will play his ass off. Mozart and Fred Wilson running downhill. I just, I, I, I cannot. I, I've watched football too long to have a philosophy of like I don't bet on bad quarterbacks. And it's just the Niners dominated that game and they held on for their ass because of Nick Mullins and Kyle has to coach around it. It's why I don't, I have a hard time when your quarterback sucks, really nitpick and play calling. I think it's a very, very, I can't believe anybody's nitpicking the play calling. First of all, I have no, well, but it's, it's a natural reaction from a fan. I understand, but it's like, you know, people want Debo to run 
go routes. Well, Nick Mullins going to throw him the ball? Like Debo's an extended running back as long as Nick Mullins is the is the quarterback. And I know that this is what I know about this game. You cannot beat Josh Allen's A game on Monday Night Football. His B game you probably can't beat. Well, because they score too many. They can score 30 you plus just, points than Nick Mullins. You cannot can. hang with that. Like Josh, uh, Jared Goff was a big reason why the Niners were able to win that game because they can get to him. What would you say? What would you grade his game Sunday? Uh, C minus D? I don't, I mean, yeah. yeah. And his, and his C minus game is really bad because unlike Josh, Josh could have a C minus game, but he might be able to score two touchdowns running. Yeah. Right? I, or, or bust a big run. It, it is a different animal. I know this about Jimmy. He could could beat Josh Allen's A game. Now I don't, I'm not saying he would. I'm not saying he would six times out of ten. But I know he's capable of it. He's capable of it. You cannot beat Josh Allen's A game. So this is this is like we'll talk about Robert Sala in the podcast. But this is kind of a Robert Sala signature game here, right? They're in a position where, and this happened last week with the Rams. This they can't really do the well. One of our one of the sides of our team carries us like because their defense has to be really good and their offense just has to hit every opportunity they got to hit their third and nines Debo's got to break 27 tackles like all these things go together you can't do it without either one of them I know your defense has to be great to have a chance though you know who leads the bills in rushing touchdowns I'm gonna guess Josh Allen based on the way you asked that question and no one's even close I mean Zach Moss has half he has six rushing touchdowns Josh has gonna end the season probably Six. I mean, Kyler has ten. The record for an NFL yeah. quarterback's fourteen. Cam. So I mean, I I would say Josh probably going to end up with nine or ten when the season. He'll have ends. one of the great rushing quarterback and, touchdown seasons in NFL history. Well, because he's going to throw for thirty touchdowns, so he's going to account for forty. Right. That's the one thing. Like when Peyton Manning and Brady and their seasons, even when they didn't hit that fifty mark, when they were in the high thirties, low forties, they were their zeros rushing. Right. Maybe like a quarterback sneak at the one. To me, his, like, they run quarterback sweep with him. They run, you see it with Russell and Carson Wentz on Monday Night Football, like the zone read keep where he can, Tannehill did it on uh, Sunday, where you're just like, oh, they're giving it to Henry. Well, you just keep it, and that guy takes off. And that is, like, if, if the Niners were playing the Titans this week, I would say Tannehill's a tough quarterback for them. It's just really hard when you don't have Bosa. And really, I saw Kyle today before we hit record, was like, D Ford's not coming back this season. Part of the reason they got D Ford was a huge. He's fast. He could like chase guys. Like that is the elephant in the room of why do running quarterbacks destroy them? Because their most athletic defensive lineman by a mile when it comes to speed has played like seven games in his Niner career. Like he would have dramatically helped just contain because he could run. And is like fifteen million against the cap next year. Yeah, we don't the money. That's that's yeah. a, that's a just, February conversation. But you know, like when when. When Josh Allen, or I mean Josh, not Josh, Jamal Adams, he really helps Seattle with running quarterbacks because he can just run around, which is really valuable. And it's like, okay, you, yeah, you want to, you want to take off? Like, I'll just, well, who's he going to help them against? Kyler Murray, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> he's just, he's he's going to really help. But what's scary about Kyler and with Josh is like you don't get to just go, oh, we held them, we held them in check running the ball. They can't beat us because they can, right? They still can't. I actually beat you think they they, they have a really really solid team of. Diggs a really good player. Uh, Cole Beasley is a really good slot receiver. I mean, he's on pace for probably about 80 catches. And K1, whether it's PEDs or an injury, like ain't going to be around. Uh, they, they just, their weapons are solid. Their run game solid. 
and Josh is just a, even if you don't get his A game, like his B game clearly is like, he's a really good player, right? His B game is good. He's not like, you know. Well, t- to me, this is what he brings you, right? Which like to, is what golf lacks, which is they can beat you without their best because they can make three or four wow plays that are just the difference in the game. It's it's that simple, right? Like the to me, the quarterback's below the line of the guys you want. Nobody plays perfect football every week. So can you just be special enough to beat me without your best? Kyler, yes. Telling me Kyler Murray throws for 180 yards doesn't tell me if you beat Kyler Murray or not. Telling me Josh Allen threw for 180 yards doesn't tell me if you beat if you beat him or not, right? Just agree. Him, not his team, not well, but he's got a good run game. That's why him. So now you beat you beat to your point. You beat them, and it's not only that the math is now in reach because you're six and six, but you're going to have to look like a playoff team to beat this team. They they're going to have to play probably better than they did last week Absolutely. offensively throwing yep. the ball. I'm with you. Okay, so we talked Robert Sala, big opportunity this week. Another great showing for him against the Rams. Uh, after the game, Richard Sherman said that he must get. He was adamant he has to get the Lions' job, and uh, it feels like we've gone back and forth. One thing I think you and I have always believed is like he's he will be a head coach. The question has just been, is this year going to be good enough for him to be a hot candidate? Will it take another year? And the fact that they keep hanging around, this defense patchworked as it is, has some big moments. And the, the here's the other thing, John. You start checking out how many jobs could or are open. There are a good amount of jobs open. How many candidates are really going to be better than, than Robert Sala? I don't know if he wants the Detroit job specifically, but – it's trending back to his him being a head coach in 2021. Well, we're at four right now, and we're we're this we're recording this on December 1st. I think the Eagles is probably going to come open. The Jets is for sure going to come open. I think the Bears are an opportunity. Like it, it's very easy to go from four to seven or eight quick, right? Before you even blink. Is, da- is Dallas uh, a possibility? Maybe a long shot, but yeah, I, I would say it's not inconceivable. Listen, I love Richard Sherman, but he talked a little bit about it like we would a college job. Like, you know, USC's got to get, they got to make another run at Lane. Or, you know, Alabama's got to go after Dabo. You got to get Del Rio. Yeah, yeah, Del Rio's, the connections, like it doesn't work that way in the pros. I do think what he was saying, and one of the key things he said was, this guy's a leader of men. And the one thing I think that's clear in the league is a lot of these guys that have been fired, Bill O'Brien got fired because People hated his fucking guts. Patricia, it feels like no one liked him. Uh, Gase is going to get canned because people can't stand him. Dan Quinn was just a bad guy. But he got extra chances because he was beloved. Yeah, he, he got a lot and of And we extra should mention chances. Atlanta's open, but it, like you said on the last podcast, where he it does feel like he might get that job. Right. And, and, and deserves a part it. of it feels like guys like Raheem. He's young, he's energetic. He's Let's winning. see what Salah has going for him. Yeah, Robert Sala has been a huge part of the Niners' resurgence as a franchise. He's young and energetic. Players really like him. He interviewed last year for a job. So his name's been in the cycle, and he's had the experience. When you look at Jacksonville, if that comes open, he coached there, so they're going to know him. Detroit, I don't think it matters that he's from there, but like they just fired a coach that people didn't like. Same with Houston. I... I had a league executive say to me, he feels like it's a lock that he gets a job. And I think me and you the whole time just went, you know, I think it's going to be hard for defensive coaches with the offensive firepower that the league is now 
But when you just start looking at the number of openings, you go, might have, because part of the problem last year was like McCarthy and Ron Rivera were really good candidates. They had both had a lot. Of, one guy had won a Super Bowl. The other guy had been a Super Bowl. McCarthy, everyone's shitting on him now. But when he was hired, it felt pretty like a good hire, right? And Washington hiring Ron Rivera, I mean, he has him in first place. Like, I think if Ron Rivera was on the market this year, like let's say he had taken the year off, wouldn't you, would you agree that Ron Rivera would be the number one candidate on the market, or one of them? Like he would yeah, get a job. Yeah, he'd be one. Yeah, yes, yep. He would be. He, he would get be a hard job. for Sala to get a job over Rivera or McCarthy, and those guys like that guy doesn't exist. Let me ask you. Think this. of the guys that have been fired lately. Like Bill O'Brien ain't getting a job immediately. You know the Vance Josephs, the guys that got quick to get canned. Uh, McAdoo's like those guys aren't getting re- other jobs and there haven't been like a a Zimmer or Pete Carroll type that got is gonna get fired this year I I think he might be a top two or three just leading like is every one of these openings interviewing him I would say yes that to me he, is the yeah key. he might last be able year, he to, only got like one interview he might be able to pick like I don't I'm not gonna do six of these things but here's a few that I think are good right let me ask you this because I know my answer. If you were an NFL GM hiring a coach, would you only interview offensive coaches? I say it a lot, but think about it like that's the way you can't think about life like that to pigeonhole yourself in anything. It'd be moronic to operate like that because you just look, well, who are some of the best coaches right now in the league? Belichick's the best. Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin. So you'd be stupid. Ron Rivera's John Harbaugh. Immediately even like Washington. Matt Rule, I think Carolina's off to. He's not like a anything offensive he's a nothing defense, he's just a right? guy yeah he's a leader yeah you you would be stupid and some of the guys getting blown out are offensive all we thought at one point in time offensive gurus now i do think it's hard detroit specifically is tough because they just went defensive coach like i do think sometimes it's hard to go yeah. especially defense back to back um jacksonville i, I don't Maybe maybe he's going to have his pick, and he doesn't have to take that job, even though some would argue, well, they're going to have a lot of picks. They could have the number one pick. If you get Trevor Lawrence, do you want to go defensive coach, or do you feel like you've got to go best offensive coach available? You know, That's a good question. I, I think they might have to lean offense. But, again, if your best candidate – it's funny the way we talk about this. If your best candidate is a defensive coach, shouldn't you just hire the best, especially if you feel good about – who his offensive coordinator is going to be, right? Like, which it feels like a lock to be either LaFleur or McDaniel, right? Yeah. You one of the think Niners. That one makes, of those two guys is going to be his combo. Yeah. yeah. And, and really, Kyle, there's a chance he loses both guys. LaFleur, remember, he wanted to go work for his brother. Kyle wouldn't let him. Like, it, it feels like he's inevitably going to end up in Green Bay with his brother. And then Mike McDaniel maybe goes with Robert Sala. Again, I'm assuming they have a good relationship. Who knows? But I, a huge part of the Robert Sala interview, if I like him, is, well, who's going to be your offensive coordinator? Yeah. Right? And I, me, GM, me, GM Haby Habes, would feel better about a coach that comes in and is bringing an offensive coordinator that they know as opposed to, oh, my agent connected me. I'm bringing in. You know, this guy, it's going to be really impressive, whoever that guy is. Well, I'd say it clearly has less of a chance. It feels, in recent memory, it's a lot of breakups that way. Like, Sean McVay ended up firing Wade yeah, Phillips. the arranged marriages. I think I think Green, I think LaFleur, now that he has some juice, is going to probably get rid of Mike Pettin after this year. You know, clearly, the arranged marriage, and I, this would have failed no matter what. Remember, when Adam Gase got the job, you had to, you had to hire Greg Williams. Like, it just... 
I don't want to do that. And I think part of the power of Kyle is he brought all of his own guys. And I, I think you keep doing, if Robert Sala leaves, you keep hiring from within, going young. Belichick has made a killing. Andy Reid has done that for a long period of time. Elevated, you know, made Doug a coach. Made Matt Nagy a coach. Eric Bieniemy had fallen on hard times. Got him Frank up. Frank Reich, didn't, there were too many people you know, ahead of him for him to really elevate, and he got a job and has done really well. So it just, it, it, do, it does... The thing with Robert Sala, though, is he went 0-60 to 60 pretty fast. Like, he was a nobody. I'd say, not a nobody. He was a defensive coordinator in the league. But he was not really in the mix his first two years as a Niner guy. Once they got good, it was clear. Maybe just shed a, a stronger light that yeah. he was a good coach. And, people and I him. think now you can kind of look back, right? We kind of know how to they interpret bad. his early years. And he's clearly a top-level defensive. Like, he is... He's clearly going to be – to me, the question is just like are multiple – are teams who would really – you would think – like we talked about the Chargers and Urban. Would the Chargers consider him and just go, look, we – I don't know. I mean, I, is he going to be the best candidate out there in terms of the way he interviews? It, you know, the other thing, I think this could be a weird year. Is a is a big-time college coach going to jump this year? Oh, did we mention the Chargers? Like that's a job. That's well, it's a coming. great job, right? Yeah. Um. Is a big time. It doesn't feel like this is a Lincoln Riley year. I don't know if it's a Matt Campbell year. It's it's kind of a weird year. I don't know. Maybe one of those guys would. College has been weird. Maybe it's an incentive for them to leave. But how about the Jets? How about the Jets job? Doesn't it? If you had to go gut feel on Lincoln Riley, doesn't it feel like he's going to be at Oklahoma a decent I, amount I do. of time? Yep, I do feel like he's. It's such a good job. I think job. he likes it. It's a great job. You consistently win. I think he can win a national championship there. I think if he did it right, maybe he thinks he could win a couple. Like once he just mm-hmm. breaks through and gets the right defensive guys, I could really do it. Uh, if he made himself available, would he be the number one candidate on the market by a mile? Yeah, and then it's how much money would Jeffrey Lurie pay him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how about just, Joe Douglas and the Jets for Robert Sala? I think that makes a lot of sense. I had someone that had worked with Joe Douglas tell me that they thought I said what would be his ideal candidate. He thinks. He said, think John Harbaugh. And not like just what he stands for. Leadership, toughness, taking the men into battle. He's a defensive special teams guy. Made his hay with Jim Johnson and the Eagles. When you see the Harbaugh family, they're all the same guy. And I think Robert has some, he's kind of more the millennial version. He's not a millennial, he's 41. But the younger version of that, because he's, he's close he is to a tough guy, clearly. Early, you know, early 80s. Yeah, he's... Yeah, he's so I, I would say he would be in the mix. I, I think the Chargers would be interested because they Anthony Lynn is an offensive guy, right? I mean, he's a running back. They're like they are an offensive operation. Really the last Mike McCoy was, and it is just not But worked. don't you think the one thing with him when they when they had success with Schottenheimer, like they just they just have a leader. But I but I know? see I watch, like maybe I'm I watched hard knocks. I, Anthony Lynn does give me leader of men. He he seems like he's well, that. Yeah. It's just the well, game. That, I'd say that's his best characteristic. Yeah. yeah. People so like I, I do think if you're the Chargers, if we always talk about coaching jobs tend to be you do something different than what you just had, you do a little bit of an opposite. Maybe they're looking for more of a air quotes guru. I don't even know. I don't. Someone told me when they coach. hired when they when they hired Anthony Lynn, their two top candidates, and and Tom Telesco, who just signed a new deal, he's going to stay. The other guy that he really loved was Brian Flores. Oh, and I just think hire. Robert Sala is just that type mold. Right? Yeah. That's kind of I, I I think these GMs. Because I think Robert Sala is the best of both worlds. You can sell him to your franchise and your fan base as being like the leader of guys. And also, if you're a GM, he's not really that threatening. Because I don't think he's coming in like, 
Give me the control. You know, he's just he's might not have in the a weird way. And do I don't that. mean this to diminish. He's kind of an easy hire for a lot of GMs. Well, he might not have the leverage to throw that kind of weight around, right? If this if this team was coming off back to back Super Bowls, maybe he would then be the guy that can take total control. Yeah. But you do like Kyle. I, I do think if you're or if you're if you're you can argue like, look, Robert will Robert gets the Chargers job. This defense, look at the talent on this defense, right? This could be an incredible defense. I also think if you're, I mean, to me again, I'll go back. Dallas just, I would like him in Dallas. I'd consider him if I were Jerry Jones. I, they need just some edge. You know what I mean? What's your What's your guess right now? Do you think Jerry Jones fires Mike? Because I don't uh, really. You know, I felt like there were many points. It's this been pretty. Year. Qu- it's been pretty quiet about. <laughs> I it. think he you should. Would think something would have leaked, but I do too. Now you're probably right. Probably doesn't. I think the Jets feel. Uh, I would hate to see him go to Detroit just because that situation just feels hopeless to me. I, I, I an educated guess. I think he'd have a very very good chance with the New York Jets to get higher. When you just look at the I think candidates. he'd be a good hire. I do, too. That's my guess right now. He's the New York Jets I like head that. coach. Free bacon for life is back at butcherbox.com slash ham. Free bacon for life. New members. When you sign up, you get it at butcherbox.com slash ham. No better time than right now. Holiday season upon us. A lot of eating. Give meat as a gift. Great gift, John. Meat, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Guy, how do you beat me? Every month, ButcherBox <laughs> ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. Each box is 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough to feed 24 individuals. Trust me, we know. We got a lot of meat sent to us. <laughs> and from chicken to steaks to ribs to clearly the bacon, mm. uh, you can customize the box yourself. So if you want to go extra steaks or extra chickens, you can whatever. Go salmon. I thought the chicken. I thought the chickens were really chicken good. Salmon. Good. They, they have Free a lot range of good organic, food, yeah. baby. The ribs, I can I can personally attest for the, to the ribs on a Traeger. I don't know, John. Ribs in the oven. How did those turn out? Uh, I, I need a little work on my. But that was the skills, first time you I, tried I, ribs in the oven. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's 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 it's. it's I need uh, Emerald Lagasse <laughs> with me or something. But the ribs, they, they tasted good. good. I just I need to. They're work they're a very bit. meaty. They are very meaty. Um, like I said, the uh, uh, wild caught Alaskan salmon also on the list. The sugar nitrate. Free bacon, um, all meat free of a- antibiotics and added hormones. It's really great stuff. We've got I've got more steaks still in the freezer. I haven't gotten through the whole box yet. It's nice to not have to go to the grocery store to be to to buy our meat because we got hooked up. Um, and you can too. And right now, bacon for life. New members get bacon for life when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham. Do a it. package of free bacon in every box for life with your subscription at butcherbox.com slash ham. So uh, Mike Sando, who we love, quarterback tier. Mike Sando, quarterback tier guy, among other things, uh, wrote an article about potential destinations for Matt Stafford, and he had the Niners. I don't know if he had it on the top of the list because it was the best match, but he had the Niners at the top of the list as a Matt Stafford destination. Uh what do you think? I, I ever since he wrote the article, I've had people DMing me about it, asking. I had a couple people ask Stafford or Darnold. It's interesting that they kind of get thrown in together. One's younger, less accomplished for sure. But what do you think? Way way, way cheaper. Way cheaper, but way less good, uh, at least historically. Yeah. Potential, maybe. I, I think if you just put it in a vacuum and don't factor in the money you have to pay them, what you have to pay to trade for them, because it's a double whammy, right? You have Stafford's going to be more expensive in terms of draft capital to get him. 
he is then is going to be dramatically more impressive, even if he facilitates and takes a pay cut on your books. So it's it's a very very expensive endeavor to acquire. At Matt this Stafford. point, he's thirty five million dollar cap number in twenty twenty one and twenty four million dead cap. Matt Stafford is dramatically better in two thousand twenty one than than Sam Darnold. It ain't close. So I would rather have Matt Stafford now. If I I do think that Sam Darnold would be good in this scheme, and his number next year is like a little under five million dollars. You would have to pick up his fifth-year option, which would then be expensive in the fifth year, right? Because he was a top-five pick. It's the number the fifth-year options for top ten picks are a lot more expensive than guys like eleven through thirty-two. So it'd be a very expensive number. It could get expensive fast. I do think you could acquire him for much cheaper. Like, could you get Sam Darnold for a three and a two or something? Could you get Matt Stafford for two twos or something like that? Because I would think about that. I. If I'm the Niners and I end up with pick 18, 19, it gets a little complicated. You know, it, it is risky, right? It, it is. He's been injured before. If you told me Matt Stafford had been the quarterback of the 49ers all season this year, even with their injuries, they're five and six now. I'd say they're seven and five, worst case, maybe eight and three. I mean, he's that yeah. good. I, I would not. Ha- he's that talented. And I think with Kyle, they would, they could. I think special. what makes it promising is you go, look at how what a mess his career has been just from an organizational standpoint, right? They've won double-digit games twice in his entire career, or his record is he's won double-digit games twice in his entire career. And for as banged up as he is, he did play four, eight straight years, started every game. Doesn't feel like that. Toughness toughness is not a question with him. Uh, I don't think there's any question. If you told me that this guy had played basically, what, 10, 11 years for Kyle Shanahan? He would have not two 10 win seasons, but five. Well, I think it's the argument always in, in Sando's tier article. Everyone writes, like, can you imagine if Sean Payton, if Kyle Shanahan, if Andy Reid, if Josh McDaniels had drafted this guy? I mean, he went to, he, think about this the franchise that acquired him, and he's made a shitload of money. I think he's going to go down as one of the richest players ever. Like, it's been very fruitful to his bank account. But from a football standpoint, the two best players in the history of the franchise have both retired at 30. Both said, I'm fucking out. They quit, guy. I mean, not. it'd be one thing if it was just Barry Sanders. Calvin Johnson did the same. They said, I quit. And not like Patrick Willis, like my foot really hurts. I mean, Calvin Johnson was banged up, but it felt like I can't do the Lions anymore. Yep. You're saying it might be the setup for him to pay to leave. Give some give some back in some way to reduce the... but but uh, To reduce the financial burden. But Again, what... Because he has so much money, wouldn't you think he's a little tired of losing? You would think. And and I think his wife wants out, although I don't know that California's the place for her. Um, (laughs) Bay Area, here we come! But, uh, you know, I... I don't... I I would... part Part of the equation here to me is, where are you drafting? And do you like any of the quarterbacks in this draft? Are you drafting 13 or 14 and you like Zach Wilson and think you can move up and get him? Because that would be my number one option if I'm the 49ers. Is can do Well, because it's immediately way cheaper and you have him under cost control contract for a long time. Yeah, and he's just younger. I mean, Stafford's not old by quarterback standards in 2020. At 32, he'll be 33 in February. Well, to me, a big question mark's going to be, does Roethlisberger, how their season plays out, does he return? 
And I would say he's going to be their quarterback next year. If he's their quarterback, they're not in the Matt Stafford camp. They could still trade for Sam Darnold and go, shit, we'll just pay him $5 million, basically be our backup, and he'll be the quarterback the next year. It'd be a little bit risky, but it's like if Roethlisberger's going to stay. Colts could do the to same me, thing. Indy, Indy could do both. Rivers is on a one-year deal, though. So they would they resign him? Could they just go Darnold and Jacoby, which they probably you know, could? Sando wrote that somebody told him they thought Frank was too loyal to Rivers to do that, but I don't see how. I, I, I mean, if you're trying to really win, how could you run back with Rivers? Well, he, I, I, here's what I tell Sando. Frank ain't the boss of the roster. Ballard is. And it's pretty clear Ballard's built a juggernaut. So he gave in to Frank, got him Rivers, which I they needed not somebody. Even a crazy move. They needed somebody. They, they, yes, they had to do it. I think they are kind of a wild card because immediately you could be like, well, if they lost in the first round of the playoffs and their picks twenty one, what if they just offered like their first round pick this year and their second round pick next year or something for Matt Stafford? Like, I don't know if the Niners can beat that. Unless they trade would the away Niners one. Trade pick eighteen would, for would, tra- would Would you trade pick eighteen for Stafford? Uh, yeah, I probably would, John. I would too. Because I would go, yeah, you got a legitimate starting NFL quarterback who can throw the ball down the field. So, yeah. Who's 33 that you think you could get, you know, the way the game's played now, five years out of him? Part of this, too, is like you have Kyle Shanahan, right? If you don't have Kyle Shanahan, it makes it, if you don't have a coach like, if you don't have McVay, if you don't have Frank Reich, if you don't have that guy. Are they getting a first-round pick lock for Matt Stafford? Because it does kind of feel like they probably Yeah, probably. Because everyone will just make the case that we just made, which is, well... Yeah, I mean, he's not, you don't think, what he once was. But if you got a good offensive coach, can't you get him back pretty close to being a top-half NFL quarterback? Right? Guy that can win yeah. you games. Now, you need he needs help. But now, here's the other thing. Are, is is Ballard going to trade first, his first-round pick in back-to-back years? Uh, I mean, they're just re- ready-made to win. I, I think you'd think about it. Because he likes seconds. I, I think he'd probably rather do a trade for, like, Sam Darnold with less draft capital, who knows? I, to me, it just depends how it looks. Would you rather? I, I think, I think they, I think the Colts, the Niners, it's clear, like they got a quarterback issue. I think with the Colts and the Steelers, like they are on the playoff path. So, like, what does it look like with the playoffs? The Niners, regardless, even if Jimmy were to come back, it's like they got issues. Those teams, definitely the Steelers. Like, Roethlisberger is going to come back. The the Colts. I mean, Rivers could just retire. I don't, go I don't think they can try it. I mean, they're really good. I, I don't think they can do it. You think again Rivers plays? You think Rivers in the NFL in 2021? I don't. I don't think he can be on the Colts. Um, but he might just love playing enough. He does make 25 million. I, you know, would anyone? He not. He gonna have to take a pay cut. Yeah, but as we like to say, it's hard to find a job that pays 15. Well, I got news for you. They, they don't exist. Kids to feed. <laughs> So, yeah. well, he has but he may not own. need it. I, I just don't think if you're the Colts, you can run it back like that again next year. Do you? Uh, no, I, I do think Sam Darnold, who clearly, if you like him, you're still holding out to hope to what he was three years ago coming out. We have now years of evidence. I got two negatives on him. One, he's been hurt a lot. I mean, he's legitimately just had multiple different injuries, which I think is just disturbing. You know, I, the number one thing that gives anxiety in the business of player acquisition is durability. Like when you're durable, because you're, you're arguing over this thing that you don't quite know, but you know it's an issue. So I think that's a question. He throws a lot of picks, you know, and he did, remember he did at USC. He had a little Jameis to him where it's like, well, I'll just coach it out of him. And sometimes, and I think Jameis will just coach it out of him. We'll still coach it out of him. 
it's kind of clear that sometimes you just don't and coach. Part of the success I think one at SC was he just had really talented receivers to just throw it up to, right? I think one thing's clear: you can coach and improve. Now, like the the evidence is in, you can make guys more accurate in in just the way the game's played now. I think you can improve accuracy easier than ever before because the game's you not mean as with physical. play calling. Yeah, with play calling, just with getting guys open, it has a little collegiate feel to the yeah. NFL, even though it's way harder. But it's not like you're Joe Montana and Steve Young talk. It's like, God, I had LT coming at me. Jerry hasn't even out of his break. Like you constantly were throwing guys open. I see a lot of the NFL now where it's like, are you throwing them open or is the guy kind of just open? You know, the pick plays and it's the league is just different. And I'm not diminishing how good you have to be to play NFL quarterback, but I think you can improve accuracy. I do think decision making with guys, it's just kind of innately like, I can do this. How I can do this. How fast do you this. process? Yeah. And I'd say Kyle does not like that thought process. He wants a guy to not even think like that. And I think that's why he butted head with Jimmy and why he has like a hard on for Kirk. Because even though Kirk, I think sometimes when you watch him, you go, I think he kind of believes a little himself yeah, a little more than Kyle once did. That. Yeah. And I, so Darnold to me, because he's physically gifted a lot like Josh Allen, but not quite as physically gifted as that. When I watch him play, I go, God, this guy kind of thinks he's a little gunslinger. Now, here's the thing that makes you know? it hard, though, is I watch his team and I go... Because Stafford is a gunslinger, but he has he throws a 100-mile-an-hour right. fastball. Yeah. Darnold does not have that arm. Even close. No. But I also... It's it's hard to know because I watch him and his team's terrible. So, of course, he's got to try and make plays. Right? Of course, he's yeah. got to try and do crazy shit. Like, his team is awful. Was it against the Niners at the end he made that crazy play to Berrios in the end zone? I mean, he's made some plays. You go, whoa. I think that was Minnesota. Okay, he's made a couple running around at the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, I mean he's had. I mean he's had some incredible. The guy is an incredible talent. So, I my preference would be that you just take a first round quarterback in twenty twenty one. But it doesn't always. It's hard to do because these guys just aren't a lot of them. They get drafted really high. You're not going to be bad enough to just have one fall in your lap. Yes. So, do you know who leads the NFL in interceptions? Uh, it's probably Carson Wentz. Because Jameis Winston's That's a backup. Jameis has uh, not played enough games, and he's not going to get the opportunity this year. Um, 15 picks. Here's my basic question on Carson after watching Monday Night Football. If Doug Peterson gets fired and you line up all the coaches that are potential NFL head coaches, would they view it as a positive that Carson Wentz is potentially their quarterback if they take the Eagles job? I would have said a month ago, yes, it would have been like, there's just not enough evidence this guy's a shot fighter. After watching Monday Night Football, and it's really the first Carson Wentz game I've probably watched start to finish in like a month, it's a lot worse than I thought. Just his touch. I mean, just his basic touch on passes. To me, he had vibes of Cam Newton when he was falling apart, Kaepernick when he was falling apart. He just couldn't control where the ball was going. And I think when you use the pitcher analogy... When you're a pitcher and you throw really hard and you can't throw strikes, it's kind of cool at first. We're like, you know, we'll just get, we'll just mix it in a change up and we'll eventually kind of lock in. And then like a couple years later, it's like, this guy's fucking walking everybody. It doesn't work. Guy, his touch is horrendous right now. I mean, it's really bad. He can't complete passes, like pretty basic passes for a really good player. He is not remotely close to being like, oh, that's a really good player. Like, he is, he's pretty terrible right now. Like, you know, I've been reading and seeing all the tweets, and it's like, I wonder if these guys are overreacting. Because if you don't really watch every snap, when you watch Monday Night Football, 
I was like, damn, maybe these people in Philly aren't off their rocker. He, he's he's pretty terrible right now, guy. Like, I mean, god awful. So I I would say going into the job, you go our highest paid player on the team by a country mile is this quarterback who is at rock bottom. And for every the percentage of people that can get up for rock bottom as an athlete, I, I think it's much easier just as a human being to kind of dust yourself off as an athlete whether you're a baseball player, a golfer, a football player, like you do, like you might be able to get your life back on track, but like that physical skill, like we've seen it enough times, like sometimes it never comes back. And it crossed my mind for the first time, maybe this guy is never going to be yeah, good again. It crossed my mind. It's cra- And I'm not trying to overreact or anything, but it honestly, I was having these thoughts watching well, the play. Well, yeah, was Paul DePodesta right? Paul's just been holding his breath, waiting for this for his I told you so. I told you, motherfuckers! <laughs> I think the other, there's a few other complicating factors, right? Bra- Bra- the Brown should have tweeted last night just eye emojis. <laughs> it's like, you guys got your own. And then, like, and then, and then two spaces with a little dash PD. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I haven't, I did. I hashtag, I, I told you, motherfuckers. I had to Google to make sure he was still there, but I, I think he's still there. Um, yeah, he is. There's a couple other complicating factors to this, right? Too, and I don't know that these have gone away. It's just his play has become so bad that these that his play is the primary discussion. But there have been the whispers over the years about whether or not he's a great locker room leader, right? All those sorts of things. And on top of that, his thirty-four million dollar contract next year. He's a fifty-nine million dollar dead cap. The out year, spot tracks out year, is going into twenty twenty-two when his dead cap's only twenty-four million dollars and his salary's thirty-one million dollars. Um, but you know, my thing with him is, I, I don't think they're looking to get rid no, of him. Well, they, they want can't. him to play well. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't, if they wanted to, but you're right. They're, they're, they've seen the upside. You don't walk away from guys like that. Don't you factor into the, just in general, what they indre- in, uh, invested in him even before sure. the contract, the draft picks, like yep. they did put all the chips in franchise history in this guy. He made him look right you know, for a while. It looked yeah. like. I and it's why I get I've given him a pass for a long time because I watch I've watched him many times look in losing efforts where he's made mistakes and thought you know what he's just out there trying to carry a team he's trying to do it all himself of course you're going to throw interceptions when you're trying to do it all yourself that's the only way this team can win I remember watching him last year thinking the only way they can win is if he hits three home runs a game like that's how they have to win just him hitting home runs every day and that's it. And so if he strikes out instead of hitting instead of uh hit, if he strikes out instead of hitting a single because he's trying to hit the home run, fine. I'm not going to knock him for hitting 185 cuz the only way he can win is to hit home runs. But then he'd have some games like the Bears game this year where they're right in it. And he throws a red zone pick on I mean he just made some awful decisions trying to make crazy plays where it's like Carson look up at you don't have to do this right now. This is not the last game-winning drive attempt, right? You got time. It's a one-score game. What are you doing? And then to your point, they're just missing throws. That it's like, wait a second, that's not even a home run. What? Why is that a negative play? Why is that a failed play? So I, I still think it's in him somewhere because I've seen it. I just seen his high end. It doesn't look like what most guys' high end is. But maybe I've overrated how consistently he can play at that level. Maybe it's not about the talent around him, even though to me it's still a factor. I I think there is a huge loss of confidence in the player. And when you get on an island 
and it's weird, like as a it's a team sport, but as a quarterback, you are kind of back there by yourself. Like as a wide receiver, they don't have to throw it to you. You can throw it to other guys and block. You can, you know, just run routes to drag guys away. Like as an offensive lineman, you can. It's as a quarterback, it's kind of on you to make some plays. Like when it's just you throwing the ball. And I see a guy, and I don't know enough about his week. Like, is he having great practices? Like, what are they writing about him? And what's Doug saying? Well, they wrote for the most practice habits. Practice habits. Remember, Silver said that a while back. We're kind of shitty, but let's just say he's just. Even if his practice habits are shitty, let's just say he's completing balls in practice. So he's like, I can do this in the game. And then he gets to the game, and he's it's leaving his hand. It does look early on in these games like he doesn't know where the ball's going to go. Like he either leaves it short, like he leaves it long. Like he's not... I think, what do coaches always say that you just want to get out there and be able to play, right? You just, you don't want to be thinking, you want to just be able to play fast. And in football and basketball games that are just moving at warp speed baseball there is just a lot of thinking you're just standing there a lot but in football and basketball it's just boom boom you're just constantly you just want to be able to execute whatever you're supposed to be executing and I see a guy that's like kind of hesitant and when the ball leaves his hand on a guy that's wide open down the seam he underthrows him and ends up being PI but like Brian Greasy was like god he hits him on stride maybe the guy scores and I, I and there's another pass where the guy's wide open in the corner of the end zone and he lollipops it way over the guy's head. And then a couple plays later, he underthrows it. I just don't think he has any clue where the ball's going when he's when it's leaving his hands. And to me, there, there's only one thing that comes like I think he's completely lost confidence in just his accuracy. And that's just his playing ability, right? Because I think when you see him running around, like he can take off and run over a guy. Like physically, he's a freak. I just don't think he has any clue where the football's going. And that's I I do feel for him in the sense that that has to be a pretty miserable feeling inside, and you have to probably project a lot of fake confidence. Like, guys, I'm fine. Like, no, you're you're lost. Because his play speaks for itself. He looks lost. Lost. Yeah, but, I I mean, is part of that that, like, Greg Ward and Travis Fulham are the guys he's thrown the most passes to this year? Not to discredit them. Yeah, but I'm I'm, I'm, I'm more talking more about this. No, I understand. For a lot of games, for sure. I mean, he had... Alshon was back. Rager was there. You know, uh, Goddard's a really good player. They had Miles Sanders. Like, he had weapons, and he's, like, skipping balls. Like, I I would agree on many times that I've seen him. I think part of that, once you play like that for a while, that you can just head down. You you know, they say forever, like, bad practice habits, bad practice habits. And bad, I think bad habits get developed on losing teams. I think it happens a lot, like, in the NBA. It's harder in the NFL because you're – you're being so evaluated and your contract's not guaranteed that you play really hard and you kind of just do what the coaches say. But in basketball, you can kind of just freelance. I think he kind of started freelancing a little bit and it got away from what made him really good. On a much higher yeah. level, last year with Rodgers, who had his stats look good, but everyone was like, God, he's slipping. And it was like, you know, he's not really buying into what they're telling him to do and his fundamentals are bad and his arm's not quite as good anymore. And this year you watch him like, he's in complete yeah. control because I think he starts listening I think Carson just needs like a, and this is probably why Doug's going to get fired, like an intervention. And when I am say intervention for a football player, that usually means a new coach yeah, talking to you. Because it's hard to have an intervention Who, when you've been paid. And the same guy's been talking to you for five right. years, right? What's Doug going to tell him that he hasn't already like, tried Now to listen, him? Carson, when Foles won the Super Bowl, one of the things we really focused on, right? That's, there's this whole other element here. Like you said, it's harder to dig out as an athlete maybe. Part of it is the public nature. This is a high-pressure town. 
Like he knows they won a championship without him and then won another playoff game without him. Like that's been part of what he's been fighting through, right? That's got to be part of what he's trying to get over. That's part of what he hears from whoever's yelling at him whenever they're yelling at him. Like that is part of this story is their greatest successes have come without him. Shockingly. To me, to, to me, the, to me, the key is going to be, and I don't know how he's going to react. Some people think that he's not meant to have this happen to him. Is if they get a guy in that building, can they hold him really accountable? Can they hold him to a high standard? Right. Because, and may, maybe at this point in time, he won't react well to this, and it'll just be over. Like he's just going to be a bad player. But that's what intervention is. It's like, what other option do you have at this point? What to me, that's their only option, guy. Like that's it. And it's it's pretty crazy, but I. I've come to grips with he just might be a bad player moving forward. It might be over. And then back to your original question, like that's part of the job. It's like that's pretty risky. I don't. I, I think by no means that's as desirable of the job as it would have been a year ago. Well, they, I would say, absolutely cannot hire a defensive coach. Like if you're a defensive coach, you don't want you don't want to entrust this guy to somebody else. No, no. To me, they they have one option. It's an offensive coach. One option. Of all the teams, I think a lot of teams have options. Like you don't have to give Herbert a defense uh, offensive coach. You know, uh, hell, Houston might need a defensive coach. Atlanta has a defensive coach that might end up getting the job. Detroit, you can do whatever. Same with the Jets. With Carson, you need a guy that like can you save Carson well, Wentz? Like that's the number one guy. And, head coach. and that's to me they and unfortunately it may be hard this year. They're tailor made for. How do you get that guy in the NFL? He has to be a head coach fired by somebody else. He's got to be a coordinator ready for a job. They're tailor-made for a big-time college coach who can come in, who's got all the leverage, who's got control over everything, who just got paid $12 million a year because that's what you have to pay a big-time guy to leave college because that's he's making eight or nine or ten in college. right? They're tailor-made for somebody like that this year. Urban Yeah, Meyer, for Ur- exactly, for Urban or for Lincoln Riley or for just somebody who – and I just don't know if that's – I don't know. I, that to me makes the most sense for them because you've got to have a guy with a ton of clout if you're going to try and do that. Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. Ooh. <laughs> you think Howie Roseman wants to invite Jim Harbaugh into the building? I, I. You never know. Desperate times call for desperate measures, right? That you know that, what? That would wake some people. That would wake some people up, wouldn't it? That would wake some people <laughs> up. I do not hate that idea. How many Eagles Monday Night Football games are they getting if Jim Harbaugh is their coach? All of them. Just give me, give me. Do they go from Do they go from being a team that no one wants to watch to immediately back into the national relevancy? Here's the thing about Harbaugh is he knows how to do the intervention while trying to build you up. Carson is great with a capital Ah. G. I don't hate that at all. That might be his ideal spot. Come save Jim. Come save Carson Wentz. Wow. And he and comes he in leave. there like a tornado. Yeah, how do you get, does he leave Michigan then? He has to leave or they mutually agree? Yeah, or? I mean, it's just, yeah, he just mutually departs again. Yeah. <laughs> but it's time for real, kind of. <laughs> Podcast brought to you by mybookie.ag promo code HAM1. This is a huge mybookie.ag promo code HAM1 week. And I'll explain to you why, John. By the way, use that promo code. They'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. You accept that bonus. You do have to bet before you can withdraw that full bonus. So check out whether or not you want to decline. You can decline the bonus as well, but still use our promo code. We appreciate that. NFL, we love it no matter what. There are two games this week, two, between teams with winning records. 
So if ever there was a week where you got to just kind of amp yourself up with a little mybookie.ag promo code HAM1, I, I think this is the week. Yep, mybookie.ag promo code HAM1. We got college football, some big games Saturday. Uh, you, you told me there's a Sunday night USC-Washington State. That's correct. Is that correct. the game? On FS1. <laughs> Sunday night, obviously some good NFL games. You know, the Monday night games right around the corner. I Niners, I wish that line was a little bit bigger. But uh, it's kind of intri- Vegas telling you something like, are the Niners just the better team? I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1, can bet on anything. Uh, got a couple. I like Ches Reevy, and uh, I like Joel Damon this week. Top five finishes both pay about uh, 10 and 11 to 1. A little walk over. Okay. Uh, are, how about, do you like Pittsburgh minus 10 against the Ravens on Wednesday if you're listening to this before that game? Someone tweeted at me like, why aren't you giving Roethlisberger respect in the MVP conversation? It's like, I haven't seen Steelers play in like seven weeks. Like, where are they? (laughs) I got part of just out of sight, out of mind. I just forget about them. I don't know, guy. What are I mean? Are the Steelers playing tomorrow? Well, I mean, their game. They they might end up playing a doubleheader. They do. They are now playing this game. Then they're playing Monday Night Football. Uh, the re- well, I guess in theory they're playing this game. By the time you listen to this, maybe you know the game's been pushed back again um, to February. Uh, actually, they're going to play this game instead of the Pro Bowl in the week before the Super Bowl, and then we'll see what happens. And then the the Ravens are going to play the Cowboys next Tuesday, as of now. So the Ravens could really—I mean, things are weird for them. They could really tumble. They could. The Ravens could be six and six in less than a week's time. They could go from six and six to six and four to six and six. Think about that. It's pretty wild. Um, other games, just you know, early. We'll do our locks on the next podcast, but in honor of mybookie.ag promo code ham one. What do you think about the Rams minus three at the Cardinals? I kind of like the Cardinals to uh, be honest. Yeah, I just the NFC West games kind of scare me. I, I had that philosophy: always take the team with the plus points, but I. I watched the Rams because like two weeks ago, I'm like, you know, I, I see the Rams are like 12 to one to win the NFC. I kind of like that. And then I watch them like, all right, I, I got them. the lock. I just found and I it. say, I think the Cardinals, I'm like, God, the Cardinals are going to run. And then I watch Belichick and Cam throw for like 90 yards and beat them. I, I, one thing's clear. I think you just got to lean like the Saints and the Packers. The other teams are all and, and probably Seattle. Like Seattle is just better than those two teams. If Seattle's healthy, they are just better than the Rams and they are better than the Cardinals. And anytime the Cardinals or the Rams play, you could feel like, God, that team is that team's making a run. Or Jesus, they suck. The, the, to me, those are two of the biggest wild card teams that are just kind of good, but also kind of not good. I mean, the Rams kind of depend on one player to make like seven plays on defense all the time, and he does. But if if Aaron Donald just kind of disappears for a while, you're like, is this team? What's this team's deal? But then he makes like three fumble a pick six and like uh, slams your quarterback, breaks his collarbone. You're like, oh, Rams are gonna win this game. No team, I think, is better that I have less confidence in their quarterback than the Rams. Well, I know. A part of it is because you watch them so up close against the Niners, and they can't beat the Niners, right? Because, like, the opposite. I trust McVay. I don't trust their quarterback. I trust, like, I have faith when I watch Kyler play. I'm like, I think Kyler can beat anybody, but it's like, I don't trust their coaching staff. They're like polar opposite squads. I I don't even... If you gave McVay Kyler... Super Bowl. Would would he win the NFC West I think he'd be the most complete team in the (laughs) NFC right now. Yeah, they, they would dominate. Uh, I got the lock of the week, though. Bengals game? No, Bengals plus 11 and I just, a half. I don't no. even know they're playing. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they're playing uh, Miami. Miami. Who would have thought Miami would be getting? The Raiders are minus seven and a half at the Jets. 
Darnold's back. Gase is a collaboration with Dow Loggins, play calling allegedly. Yeah, doesn't want to give any uh, inside information. Like, trust me, guys, we're not worried about who's calling your fucking plays. Uh, I, so, I that half point. The Raiders a little lines weird. With the Jets. Uh, the Raiders cannot. The 10 Raiders were historically bad last week. Now this is truly must win. I do feel this about the Jets. I think they are cruising. To, you know, before it's like, are they really going to go on 16 ebb and flow? I think this one is like, they're going to lose. Yeah, it's not tanking. Week. They're just that much worse than everybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. That the, the Raiders should win this game, don't you think? Like 35 to 10. They should kill yeah. these guys. Is it a 10 a.m. kickoff, though? It is. That's the That's the only thing that would give me a little pause. But you're right. Coming off an embarrassing loss. You would think they try to score like 40 in the first court half, right? The Gruden just tries to run up the score. I just know this. If they score 24, the game is their cover. The Jets are not scoring. How about the how about the cover in the Monday Night Football game? The back like door? Did you see half. somebody wrote a... Oh, my. They went, they went for two. Oh, brutal. Yep. So, I I mean, those would be the... That That's that's my... That's I, my I, like the, I like the Raiders, Jets. I mean, it's just... Like it's like... One. Let's not overthink this one. When do you when do you get the Jets single digits? How do you get that? We just don't. Well, it takes one of the worst offensive performances in twenty years, which is what the Raiders just yeah. did. I, like you said, though, they I, did I, I like lose that. this game last year when they were the better football. I mean, the Jets were much, much, much better than they are right now last year. But uh, by the way, one note: Did you know this? So the Niners Cardinals game is on Amazon streaming. It got selected. I did Lucky. not know that. So it's not on anything well, else? Well, but what I read, there was an article in The Athletic that said the game is still going to be on locally. So, like, you'll we'll still get the Niners on local TV, right? Cardinal fans will still get them. And that game wasn't going to be, like, you know, Troy uh, and Joe Buck weren't calling that game. That game was not going to be a big national game to begin with. So it may not yeah. actually be that big for Amazon, like, in terms of viewership on Amazon, because the local markets are still going to get it. So it's not. Yeah, to me, the local markets always get the games that they do, like auxiliary on Twitter. Yeah. Right. Remember they did yep. Twitter, because you just why would they do that to themselves? Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it doesn't so, make any sense. But, but if you have Amazon Prime on your TV, which most people do, when they, I guess most people might not. Right. You don't know. Why would you want to limit your audience? Exactly. I I thought initially, like, wait, this is going to be Amazon Prime only. But no, that's not it. But would, that wouldn't even impact me because I because you have Amazon prime right, sometimes. but it would I w- I would imagine it would make a major impact on your viewership number, even locally. Yeah, people wouldn't be able to find it. Um, so yeah. On that note, is that it for today? Yes. I mean, I what anything else going on? I mean, college basketball's fired up, John. I've been watching some of that on Tuesday. Big uh, S, big Stanford. I, this I. Th- why are all these games going on right now? When you say why, what do you mean? Well, is it, does it normally these games happen right now? Yeah, this or is, is the, the Maui Classic of... is going on from Asheville, North Carolina right now. Who's in the Maui Classic? Well, as we're about to wrap up this recording, I'm going to go watch Stanford, North Carolina. Zaire Williams, the guy that LeBron's tweeting about for Stanford. Well, last year when I went to Maui for Christmas or excuse me, Thanksgiving, you're right. It was going on because Bill Self was there. Sparty Billis, was there. Walton. Yeah. yeah. They always do that walk down the beach. The funniest part is they're wearing Hawaiian shirts, but they're in Asheville. I think it's Asheville's North Carolina, right? Not South Carolina. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. 
it does feel like, yeah, I guess you're, a lot of the top guys this year, unlike last year, were like, yeah, I don't know if going to Australia sounds that fun. I'm just going to go play at Stanford <laughs> or Duke or North Carolina. Or yeah, Kentucky. it's like, wait a second. Right, like, yeah, you know, I don't want to go play in Lithuania. Well, here's the problem yeah, with that. It's like, you don't get... You're you're way more famous as a high school senior than you are playing basketball in Australia, right? Well, you get no, you had no well, did, fame fund, Lamelo. Didn't Zion show us like if you go play big time basketball, it helps you, right? I think the G League, I get what they're doing. I think it's going to be a little more challenging. Like it is hard to get people if you'd be like, hey, the number one player in the country, Duke, North Carolina on ESPN. When you go, hey. The number one player in the country, G League versus the Santa no, Cruz Warriors. It just feels kind of especially shitty. with Zion. You're right. Like people saw. Look, look how much fun he's having. Look at the, how how sweet these games are. Like it's one thing. I, I remember if you're the, James Wiseman and you're at Memphis and you're not or or uh, Anthony Edwards at Georgia. Like guys, go to Duke or North Carolina or go to Kansas or go to Kentucky or I mean they do. But they even do if go you to go to places. Georgia or Memphis, they put you on ESPN. Well, I know, but you not you don't you just like to me it's some of these. True blue chip programs. Yeah, you, you go to Kentucky, to you go to do a bigger star than some yeah. NBA guys. Arizona, D- Duke would be at the top of my list. D- D- yeah, if if he's there, I'm going. The one thing with Michigan State, you get yelled it's at a true. lot. It's true. It's true. But but again, it's just about Cal, Cal yells at you. Cal yells at you. He coaches you. K yep. yells at you. I mean, they all. The one thing with basketball coaches, they, they, they are yell yellish. at you a lot. <laughs> You know, that's the one thing once I bet once these guys get to the NBA, it's like, fuck, no one yells at me anymore. It's kind of nice. You do get screamed at a lot. No for doubt. That year. And then it goes the other way. If you're John Beeline, you don't get to yell at anybody. Where's Remember he? He took the Cavs job. But... Oh, yeah. Wait, did he come back or is he? Uh, no. They, didn't they fire him? No, I don't think he has a job. Yeah, he got fired. Well, remember kind of like mutually departed oh, that's right, that's at right, like halftime. Right. It was like the all-star break. It's like, yeah, we're going to go in a different direction. Yeah, I don't. This sucks. Apparently he's... Uh, Coaching a class at the University of Michigan now, so now he got a lot of money. That has to be one thing that when he and, and I never fault a guy for rolling the dice, but at his age, and he probably had already always had the itch to like, I think I could do it. But once you figure out like I couldn't have done it, then you're like, I gave away my job. And it's not like they have like Haberman; they hired Juwan Howard, who's going to be there. It kind of sucks. I, I've talked to Mike Montgomery about fuck. it, right? Because he like Stanford was the perfect job for him. It really was, but the Warriors. But didn't he go go back? Yeah, to Yeah, it all after worked that? out. But I mean, at the time, the Warriors it was just like, I got to take this job, right? Even though the Warriors it, were a mess, clearly, a like you should not. That's the one thing I would tell these guys is Izzo. Izzo was smart, right? He's like, I'm not, I'm not taking the Cavs job. Kay did the same thing with the Lakers. Like it's the Lakers, but at it's least pretty Billy risky. Donovan took like a job. Like turned out, he took a really good NBA job for a while, right? And now he's an NBA coach. Like he'll just just gets another NBA job. But he really got the best of both worlds. Like, if the Bulls don't work out, he could get Kentucky, he could, right? He, or, or Louisville. He could, yeah. So, but you cannot. Do you think, how long did Mike Montgomery coach for the Warriors? Just a couple yeah, years? Like, like, no, I don't long. think it, the contract, it was, uh, um, Baron Davis well, wouldn't talk to him. Muscle. Yeah, muscle men, remember, had a similar deal. Just, I, I think some of these guys, it, it's it's a hard transition when... I think college football a little bit like that, but till football is still you get to yell at guys no matter what in the sport. I think in basketball it's like, hey motherfucker, I make twenty eight million a year. I take twenty eight shots a game, and I don't give a shit how many games we win because I'm putting up my shots. And, and I think these college coaches are like, what is this? Guy well, and it's not about? just that, right? It's also if you're just a big schemer, if you really coach a game, that's not how the NBA game is played. So 
because you don't practice. Yeah. So, you know, Montgomery was coaching. I've talked. He's like, I'm coaching Stanford. You know what happens at Stanford? You tell them one thing and they remember it for the, forever. He's like, so I could, yeah. he would do all these. You play two practices, you play two games a week, and you just have these intense, like, teaching practices. You get a couple shoot arounds a week in the NBA. A couple air quotes practice. That was always so funny. It's like, Andrew Luck has a photogenic memory. He's like, yeah, so do all his teammates. You know I mean? It's, welcome to Stanford, right? This isn't like, so does everyone else. Like, we're all smart here. That's the thing. They're not, I've said it from the jump. Yeah. That school is just getting a such a higher, even like UCLA and Cal are getting some really smart players. Like, I like Jared Goff a lot. Like, Jared Goff ain't a Stanford student. He just ain't, you know? It's kind of crazy that how hard Cal is, even if you can take the easiest classes. Like, that's not, you still got to stay there for three years as a football right. player. It's not, I mean, it's pretty nuts they're able to pull it off. And they clearly do. Like, Deshaun, Marshawn. I mean, at the end, of, I mean, Jared Goff is just, he just not, a, I don't think he's a great student. He's like surfer guy. I mean, he'd have been a great Cal Poly kid. <laughs> if I was him, I don't know that I would have been either, you know? No, I don't blame him. I don't blame him at all. But he went to one of the great academic institutions in the world. Uh, all right. On that note, the great they they would tell you the number one public institution. Well, they are when it comes to applications, right? So, and Wilcox zero three. Thank God I didn't bet on them. <laughs> Later. Adios. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.